Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Weekday Wednesday, Tucson, Arizona's number one online radio podcast about all things medical cannabis. Your host, Phil Star. And the Cannabis Kid. Our show features news, interviews, and all the latest information about anything and everything medical cannabis related in Tucson, Arizona, and, and the, the world, world at large. We'd love to hear from you. Please give us a call live at 646-915-8421. You can like us on Facebook, follow us on all social media, or email chctucson at gmail.com. We'd like to thank Tumbleweed's Health Center and Studio C, along with our many sponsors for hosting our show every week. With the lowest price certifications in town, you'll find hemp products, accessories, and all things related to medical cannabis education. Visit Tumbleweed Health Center at 4826 East Broadway Boulevard or online at com. And remember, be smart, be safe, and educate. If you suffer from one of these medical conditions and have been diagnosed by an Arizona licensed physician, medical cannabis may help relieve your symptoms. Tumbleweeds Health Center is Arizona's premier cannabis certification health and education center. Our primary focus is to help the patients of Arizona obtain their medical marijuana card and educate everyone about medical cannabis. With current medical records, approval is a simple process. Contact Tumbleweeds Health Center to see if you qualify for your Arizona medical marijuana card. Well, I feel like I should just start the whole show over. Oh, my God. That is ridiculous. You're just tuning in. (laughs) I just spent the last 12 minutes uh, ranting about a situation in the neighborhood that we don't need to go over. But the point is, y'all need to smoke a lot of weed and be nice to each other. That was the point of the whole story. Welcome to Wednesday Wednesday. I just looked at my... um, my soundboard, and we were muted the whole time. <laughs> That's not unlike me, though. Um, wow. Okay. It teaches us to be present. I was very upset about a situation that I'm now releasing and letting go because I'm uh, smoking weed and lighting sage and hanging out with you all. I thought I was for the last 12 minutes. <laughs> I thought you were all there, but you weren't there. So, well, welcome to Wednesday, Wednesday, everybody. I apologize. Boy, that was my own mistake this time. That, that I will admit to. I will admit to being not as present as I need to be. <laughs> welcome to Wednesday, Wednesday for the best days, July 22nd, 8:13. Now it was 8 o'clock the last time I said this. <laughs> Thank you very much. Have a good night. Just kidding. We'll be here all week. Well, at least today. At least for the rest of the show. We're crying out loud for the next 45 minutes. So, well, you guys got a break from me. I don't even know. You don't even hear anything. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, well, welcome to Wednesday. Wednesday, like I said, July 22nd. 
Um, I was just going over the ailments uh, because, uh, well, I was saying right now there's so much stress in the world and people are just being very (laughs) stressful out there. So we all need to smoke a lot of weed and calm down and um, really mind your own business. (laughs) You know, that's why Big Nose Kate got her name. Uh, because she had a big nose because she was nosy. That's right. All right, get on down to Tombstone this weekend, folks. Not an announcement for that, but just something fun. Okay, well, we'd say Wednesday. Here we are, 12 minutes in the show. I'm kind of at a blank now because I just had a whole thing going. But no, we are back. We had an awesome guest last week. Thank you very much, uh, com for coming on. And chat with us. Awesome website. Check it out. They've got some amazing articles on there. And you can find a doctor like some of the doctors at us, Tumbleweeds Health Center. Um, so check it out. Awesome, awesome website. Um, so thank you guys for coming on. And we've got some more guests coming on soon. And hopefully Cannabis Kid will come back on. And hopefully Silver Sister will come back soon. Maybe she'll bring her little family. Um, so yeah. And we did some shout-outs to some, some folks out there. Uh, my VP lost someone very dear to her um, very recently. So giving a shout-out to you and sending good love and always to Silver Sister and her family. Um, we love and miss you guys, and we're just sending good, good, good juju's. All right. And we did talk about um, Pedialyte, and I named you Miss B. Uh, I was talking about the importance of Pedialyte that I've introduced to my friends to because this desert is harsh, man. And the older you get, I don't know about you, but I'm getting older. Ah, a little bit. And uh, it gets worse over here. I'm just like, are you kidding So, yeah, no. It gets, the dehydration factor gets worse. So, I I drink um, Pedialyte and um, vitamin water and whatever electrolyte juice I need to get in the moment to get some electrolytes back in my system. Cause just, um, I run every morning, slog. Yeah. Slow jog. Um, and uh, you lose a lot that way. I mean, just even walking in every morning, you just sweat it out. But just, I mean, even if you're outside for any amount of time, you just, you just sweat. Even if you're inside, you just sweat it all out. So, uh, don't, don't, uh, woo, drown yourself with too much water. Cause that can actually deplete your electrolytes. I found that out. Um, well, I, well, actually, I have found out that, that, that the hard way, but um, we had a staff member once that uh, we were at a festival, and um, he collapsed, and he had been carrying around this giant gallon jug of water, and he told the paramedic lady, um, he's like, look, I've been drinking all this water, and she's like, well, that's your problem, and he was like, what? And she's like, well, you depleted your electrolytes. Can't do it. you got to have some sort of electrolyte with it. Um, hmm, green, good green tea this morning. So what are y'all smoking this morning? Um, I've got, I think I have a combination of a little bit of everything and some OG Kush. Um, wow, I don't even know what else in there. There's, uh, I think there's some AK-47 in there, some amnesia probably, which is why I'm forgetting things. That's why I forgot to start the show. Well, I didn't forget the show. The show was on. I forgot to you guys. Um, and of course, sprinkled with Keith, my magic friend. I love Keith. All right, kids, let's see what's going on in the news. Um, I sent out a newsletter recently. I hope you all got that. Uh, we are still open for business. And um, 
we are practicing the asking you to wear masks and, you know, to keep the six feet apart. We're only allowing a certain amount of people in the office. But right now it's so hot that um, we've got some room. If anyone come, needs to get their card, come on down and come to the Health Center and get certified. It's so hot people aren't showing up for their appointments. <laughs> They're like, okay, I got an appointment. I open the door and it's like an oven in your face. And you're like, ah, I'm going back. So... Um, <clears throat> yeah, that's about it. Um, it's just too darn hot out here. And uh, we're going to be listening to Doug Fine again today. Always love listening to Doug's new book, which is really, really awesome. And um, so I did have some news for you, but I can't find that right now. So we're going to talk about uh, talk about this. Talk about this. Baby. Just kidding, I won't go into that. Uh, we are in high times right now. <laughs> We're in high times. Everyone should be high. And we are at high times. A field served as a canvas for hemp-inspired work by Shepherd Fairy Studio, number one. So check that out. That is absolutely, absolutely gorgeous. Wow. Trust the earth, it says. It's a giant. It looks like... Um, Looks like something from the 60s. Uh, it's that's really cool. It's just if you've made this. Uh, it looks like a stamp, but it's got a hand holding a pot leaf. And then underneath it, it says, for hemp, uh, natural health. For natural health. Hemp for natural health. And then it says, trust the earth. And it's got little shovels and nice designs and sunshine behind it. And um, it's really, really beautiful. And it's I'll see how many acres it is. It's absolutely gorgeous. Um, you know what? In fact, I'm going to try and post this into our little blog section here and see if anyone's blogging out there with us this morning. So you can, I want you to see this picture. It's absolutely gorgeous. Um, the talent here. Hi. <laughs> and there's the field. All right. Let's see. So pioneering CBD products manufacturer Charlotte's Web revealed the latest installment of its Trust the Earth campaign on Tuesday with the unveiling of a massive art installation by acclaimed street artist Shepard Ferry. <clears throat> Moan, he mowed that into a Kansas wheat field. Holy cow. The work, which covers more than 76 acres of farmland in McPherson, Kansas, is a collaboration between Charlotte's Web and the creative agency founded by Ferry. Studio number one. The living artwork contains a message, a message that advocates hemp as a natural way to good health and while also serving as a call to action in support of the crop, which was legalized by Congress with the passage of the 2018 Farm Bill. Damn right. But whether it's a mural in Brooklyn, a poster in your home, or a field in Kansas, Studio number one understands the power of art to compel change. SNO worked with Charlotte's Web to call on citizens to trust the earth, uh, Ferry said in, in a press release. The enormous installation features a rendition of Ferry's classic image of a raised fist, this time clutching a cannabis leaf that is revealed in its glory in front of a backdrop of sunbeams rising over a mountain range. Okay, that was nicely said, better than me. <laughs> The imagery is accompanied by text with the message, trust the earth at the top of the piece and hemp for natural, hemp, uh, for health, I should say hemp for natural health, uh, this typo, contained in a circle below the hemp. To create the piece, a single farmer guided GPS uh, spent a week uh, mowing a field totaling more than 3 million square feet. The finished art 
<clears throat> installed by Precision Mazes is so large that a local farmer's airplane was needed to achieve the altitude required to photograph the entire Trust the Earth art installation. Quote, a farmer's field is a place to cultivate life, changing ideas, um, and grow a voice for those still seeking hemp-based wellness, said Jared Stanley, the chief cultivation officer and co-founder of Charlotte's Web. Through this powerful artwork, we experience a coalition between Earth and humanity and our journey to create sustainable natural wellness, in the case of hemp, revolutionary wellness. Our purpose is to ignite conversations that open access to hemp in all states that have yet to provide this choice. The new crop art is the third part of Charlotte's Web Trust the Earth campaign that was launched in October 2019, founded by the Stanley Brothers in 2014. Charlotte's Web helped to ignite the cannabidiol movement. The CBD is named for Charlotte Fiji, a young Colorado girl whose severe epilepsy was brought under control with a CBD-rich cannabis extract. Through the Trust the Earth campaign, the company combines its voice, public art, and the country's landscape to share the message of hemp for good health. In addition, <clears throat> it is hoped that the new installation will inspire people to support improved access to hemp. Despite the legalization of the crop at the federal level, nearly two years ago, states were given the authority to regulate or even ban hemp and produce uh, and products made from it, including CBD and other cannabinoids. This this art is absolutely spectacular. The art is the visual and natural uh, naturally living embodiment of Charlotte's Web mission to unleash the healing powers of botanicals, <clears throat> said Dean Elsner, CEO of Charlotte's Web. And we hope this inspires many to join us in fighting for sound federal and state regulations. This glorious field, uh, this glorious field art celebrates everyone on Earth. Uh, whose lives have been improved by hemp-derived CBD wellness products, she, she added. And Charlotte's Web continues to lead the revolution and will continue to advocate. And you can find Charlotte's Web out in Tumbleweed Health Center at 4826 East Broadway Boulevard. Come on down and get from Charlotte's Web. We have all sorts of cool products down there. Um, I love um, Kyle Turley's products. If you haven't tried any of his products out, he was an uh, NFL pro football player. And <clears throat> turned to cannabis because narcotics were killing him, literally killing him. <clears throat> so he turned to cannabis for help and and health, and it saved his life and his family. And um, he makes uh, his company makes amazing products. Um, girls, for your monthlies out there, he has a 50 milligram uh, gel cap and two or three of those, and bam, you're done. And that's only 150 milligrams at most. Um, if you need 250, 300 milligrams, take them. They're absolutely fantastic. Quite magical. So thank you. That is an absolutely gorgeous hemp field, too. You guys ought to take a look at that. And I did, <clears throat> I put that on the blog so you can check it out um, because it is really something to look at. So let's see what's going, what else is going on. I don't even know if you heard <clears throat> any of the spiel right before we went into launching the commercial. So we're open six days a week right now. That's right. Six days a week. <clears throat> Saturdays are 10 to 3. Come on down. And Monday through Friday, we're 10 to 6. And you're guaranteed to walk in and get an appointment 10 to 5. Um if you do need, because um, we are slowing down a bit, sometimes uh, one of the doctors gets gets a little bit of a break and gets to go home early. 
Nice, right? Yeah. Who doesn't love that? Who doesn't love when your boss comes in and says, you know what? Why don't you just take off a little bit early? And you're like, woohoo! Let's get out of here. I don't love what they're doing. I don't love what we're doing. But it's nice to go home um, 10 to 6 for open, 10 to 5 you're guaranteed for walk-ins. And if you don't have medical records, uh, come on down. We can actually help get you those. And um, it's only an additional $50. So, and it's an additional appointment. Like I was saying before, it's kind of cool, though, because you get to see two of our awesome doctors. That's right. And they are just that. They're really, really knowledgeable and really incredible. And um, we've got a great staff of naturopathic doctors right now that you would love to just come chat with there. I love <clears throat> all their individual intelligences, if you will, because they all have something, you know, a little bit uh, different spin on what's going on because they've all, you know, um, been in this business in different ways. So nice to have different opinions. Absolutely. So come on down to Tumbleweed Health Center, 4826 East Broadway Boulevard. And you can get certified. And let's see what this is. Are chronic conditions holding you back from a happy, healthy life? Get on the right track with Tumbleweeds Health Center. Our CBD products are formulated to fit your healthy lifestyle. I would definitely say that CBD has changed my life. I mean, I don't worry about my dog anymore, and I don't worry about sleeping anymore. Tumbleweeds Health Center, voted number one health center in Tucson, has created a proprietary number of CBD blends, each designed to promote health and well-being. Let Tumbleweeds Health Center show you how CBD products might help you improve your life the natural way. That's right. We have all sorts of, we have, um, our product is strictly CBD, but then we also have um, full spectrum. We have broad spectrum and um, we have just a, a whole wide variety of, of applications. <clears throat> you can, we have vaporizers, um, we have lotions, balms, salves, we have roll-ons. People really like um, the roll-ons. And um, let's see, let's try and get to our Tumbleweeds page here. I never, and I think Facebook went and changed something on my computer. And I don't know, I see everything in, in weird ways on my computer now. So, oh yeah, we have these really good um, CBD infused patches. People like the transdermal patches. Um, and we have gummies. Uh, let's see. Gosh, we have everything. Tinctures, all kind of. We have our highest tincture we have is a 2,000 milligram, I think, and that's a full spectrum. Our 1,000 milligram is a CBD only for those who are just getting into this or just don't are concerned about their jobs. Um, some people with CDL will only do CBD. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, come on down. We have all sorts of stuff to try. Um, also, um, I think soon, excuse me, one second, let me get a sip of tea here. Oh, I love my green tea. Mm. This kind, I love this kind um, that I used to get at Sprouts, oh. um, but Whole Foods has it. Uh, Gen Matcha, G-E-N-M-A-C-H-A. I know I'm slamming that one, but um, they make a really good, it's a brown rice with green tea, a toasted brown rice with green tea. Yeah, and it's absolutely delicious. And this is not what I'm drinking now. This thing is pretty good too. All organic, all that good stuff. Um, but that's not this. All right. So, anywho, uh, I was going to get to the Facebook page, but I think instead we're going to rock it right now. 
I'll be blazing and smoking it, about to go and get some munchies next Passing up on those cracker jacks, Reese's pizzas are where it's at Gotta get me some soda, pop cotton mouth has been creeping up I can't remember where I put my keys, yeah, that's what's up I'ma take your grandpa's ride, I'ma take your grandpa's ride No, for real, ask your grandpa, can I take a 65? Deville cruising to my local Publix Nothing better than rolling with two super fly chicks They have frozen burritos, I bought frozen burritos I bought some Ben and Jerry's, and then I bought some Cheetos Hello, hello, my main man Obama A couple states have just reformed their laws on marijuana What you gonna do, send the feds there? Hell no, the DEAs would be like, ah, oh, they got volcanoes I'm gonna smoke some weed Only got $20 in my pocket I'm a hunt, looking for a pot shop This is fucking know about the science of marijuana what you know about people suffering from glaucoma they need it they need it it helps them with their condition if you don't believe me then just ask some eye physicians thank your granddad for voting for that guy richard nixon is the president who made the plants illegal but science is now showing that it's medicine for people and the private sector fighting to keep all of that illegal alcohol and tobacco pharmaceutical prisons i'll take those four major lobby groups and fight those motherfuckers they're making money day and night all those motherfuckers and bribing congress out of sight all those motherfuckers They'd be like, oh, it's immoral and unhealthy I'm like, how many people are you making wealth? Anti-marijuana lobbies are making all kinds of profits And they don't want you to stop it because of all the special interests I call that getting swindled and pimped shit I call that getting tricked by the government That law's hella old So it's time to update it, regulate it, and then get it under state control Peak game, look into my political telescope Think it's gonna stay like this forever? Not hella won't Not hella won't Being a hypocrite, you used to smoke weed, fool. I'm gonna smoke some weed, only got $20 in my pocket. I'm a run, looking for a pot shop, this is fucking awesome. Let's end the war on drugs, it's time to pull the plug. These special interest groups are nothing more than corporate thugs. Let's end the war on weed, the people have agreed. These special interest groups have kept these laws with bribery. I'm going to smoke some weed. Only got $20 in my pocket. I'm a hunt. Looking for a pot shop. This is fucking awesome. All right. Welcome back to Wednesday, Wednesday, everybody. Again, sorry about the first part of that show. Uh, that show, our show, does show. Oh, my Lord. 
All right. We are going to um, actually get right on to um, talking about. <clears throat> oh, that's what I just had a, 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 a not a brain fart rather, but a, a light bulb go on. Um, the article that I sent out in our newsletter, um, not really just news briefing, um, said that 40% of the CBD products that you get at gas stations are um, misleading <clears throat> and wrong in their labeling. So you're not getting what you're only getting 40%. Anyway, you're not getting what you think you're getting um, in your um, gas station products. And I just checked out azmarijuana.com real quick and they have an article as well. It's probably a nice short one here. FDA reports to Congress that 55% of CBD products are mislabeled. That's bad. The U.S. Drug and, uh, and the U.S. Food and Drug Administration FDA recently released a report to Congress identifying mislabeling by commercially sold CBD products. According to the report, the FDA's lab found that only 45% of the 147 CBD-specific products tested contained the amount of CBD that were labeled on the product, normal reported. In March, the FDA informed congressional members it is, quote, is actively evaluating what and how much data would be sufficient to support a conclusion that CBD can be safely allowed in dietary supplements under certain conditions, quote. Some hemp-derived CBD products, including CBD products for pets, contain THC, the psychoactive substance found in marijuana. Um, and then there's a um, table of the summary of total CBD and total THC results number of products. Um, so they tested 82 products. And 56 products with CBD amount indicated on the label. Um, and it goes through, there's a whole little chart here, um, basically saying that you're not getting what you think you are. <clears throat> Which is why testing is so important. And I don't understand why um, they haven't started testing our dispensaries yet, uh, medications, because, or, or has made it mandatory. It, it already should be. And I think it was already written into. Um, the AMMA already, and they weren't um, following what they were supposed to be. Anyway, we'll see. Um, here we go. We are reading um, American Hemp Farmer Adventures and Misadventures in the Cannabis Trade by Doug Fine and also read by Doug Fine. So here we go. And another found it inhibited colon cancer cells. Vermont farmer Rye Matthews of Northeast Hemp grows in part for CBG and told me he finds it uplifting and analgesic. Folks growing for organic seed applications like hemp seed oil and hemp hearts or value-added products using them, rather than flowers and their embedded cannabinoids, can expect to harvest 1,000 pounds of seed per acre. That's the new normal, up from the 600 to 800-pound Canadian average of just a few years ago. In the wholesale market, organic seed for food is worth between $1 and $2 per pound. 
If you paid $300 per acre for your planting seed at $20 per pound, then your profit for much less work than a flower crop is $700 per acre wholesale if you receive $1 per pound for your harvest. And here is where seed ownership is so crucial. The following year, your seed is free. Plus, your own seed is available whether or not seed companies come and go. Daisha's crops are considerably less labor-intensive than Sensimia crops because you're not obsessing over gender and flower manicuring. If you toll process your seed harvest into a hemp heart product that you market yourself, again, you're talking much higher revenue than wholesaling whole seed. Organic hemp hearts retail at around $15 per pound. Owning seed processing equipment is a lot less expensive proposition than owning flower extraction rigs. A high-end single-screw seed oil press will set you back about $15,000. Capacity varies, but you'll be able to press 250 to 500 pounds of seed with a small press in a 10-hour workday. So if you're expanding, you might need more presses pretty quickly. Hemp Oil Canada, then the world's largest seed pressing company, was on its fourth equipment upgrade in 10 years when I visited its Manitoba facilities in 2013. And that was before U.S. legalization. Whether you're buying seed presses, dehullers, or bottling machinery, today's players all emphasize the importance of high-end equipment, whether new or used. You get what you pay for, and top-of-the-line equipment companies tend to offer better customer service. That's essential for a non-mechanical guy like me. Chad Rosen, president of Victory Hemp Foods, a hemp seed processor in several U.S. states, warns, nothing ever comes ready out of the box. So finding a company that still exists when you call is a wise investment. We learned that one the hard way. Rosen said that a reliable U.S. seed oil press manufacturer is Wisconsin-based <clears throat> Ag Oil Press. In 2016 in Vermont, our group used a Swedish tabby press, which worked slowly but terrifically. Fiber is, as of this writing, financially viable only for those with large acreage. That is, unless you are a craftsperson hand-making the hempen equivalent of a Stradivarius, which is not a hypothetical. Two companies are already offering hemp body guitars, Silver Mountain hemp guitars and bug out guitars. Small volume, ultra high-end hemp-based consumer goods are a viable small acreage market for fiber. Generally speaking, though, you need about 3,000 acres to feed even a small fiber processing facility, but that makes it an ideal market for a cooperative, as we'll discuss. The fiber is there in the field regardless of your primary harvest application. So if 25 big state farmers team up to process the conservative 6,000 tons that 3,000 acres will provide, there's significant value there. Just how much value depends on how entrepreneurial this hypothetical farmer co-op is. Bailed mixed fiber drew perhaps $200 per ton in 2018, a bit more from buyers under contract with the few existing North American fiber facilities. But say you form a co-op that separates the herd, the inner core of the hemp stalk, sometimes called shiv, from the bast, the long outer fiber, which makes such fine clothing, paper, plastic composites, and next-generation battery components. Then you have multiple streams of secondary market products. Curd is the hot fiber app at the moment. Marty Phipps of Old Dominion Hemp asks $15 for a bagged 33-pound bale, which is used as horse bedding. 
Curd is also popular for the fast-growing, carbon-sequestering hemp construction market known generically as hempcrete building. Spill cleanup and moisture absorption are additional up-and-coming markets for herd. That relatively simple process of separating the bast from the, in this case, desired herd through a technique called decortication quadruples the fiber's harvest value to $800 per ton. All you have to do is open your gate once per season for the co-op fiber collection truck and you share in the value-added revenue of the bagged herd's final price. There was so much demand for Phipps' product that he still, as of 2018, had to import some of his herd. Now, someone has to buy, operate, and maintain the decortication machinery, which ranges from $20,000 for a small-scale hammer mill to $8 million for true industrial-scale facilities, plus the bagging operation and climate-controlled storage. Here is where the farm bill comes in particularly handy. Hemp farmers now have access to agricultural grants and loans. Keep in mind that when you do decide to market any value-added product, you bear the burden of elements like quality control, insurance, and payroll. Mm -hmm. You're on the hook for liability once you decide <clears throat> to be an entrepreneur, Roger Gushes of Healthy Oil Seeds in North Dakota reminded me. But value-added product will often be the better option with any part of the hemp plant for the enterprise with a long-term game plan based on top-shelf quality. If you stake your enterprise on current Gold Rush wholesale prices, you're probably in for a shock. A wild initial pricing ride is a normal phase in the growth cycle for any booming new industry. Not that knowing this makes the bite any easier for the new farmer entrepreneur who makes the wrong decisions. The best way to insulate your small acreage enterprise from the coming wholesale roller coaster is to develop your own product line. But I hope that in doing so, you remember Margaret's law. You might want to call off any plans for downtime for a half decade or so. The uptime is generally a lot of fun, though, when things are going well and you get to skip through fragrant hemp fields for a living. Plus, you get to save humanity. Yay. That's always a plus. Chapter 5, Adventures in Planting Gear Malfunction, mm -hmm. Oregon, 2018. You realize that the sequence of preparatory <clears throat> activities is so long, you will never get to the intended task, so you go fishing instead. <laughs> Patrick McManus, The Night yeah. the Bear Ate Goomba. Oh. Easiest part of hemp planting is figuring out your seed depth, plant spacing, and watering protocol. The hardest part of hemp planting is getting your farm equipment to implement those instructions. That's In fine. fact, I'll tell you right here to plant at a half-inch depth in moist soil that allows for good seed-to-soil contact and thus maximum germination. Doing that with the 7 to 15-inch spacing we discussed will occupy 47 minutes of your 20-hour planting day. The other 19 hours and 13 minutes will mostly be spent under a terrible device called a seed drill. Mm -hmm. By, say, 11 a.m., generally the emotional nadir of a planting day, you'll be dirty, bloody, very hungry, mm. and thinking, huh, I would have thought my first hemp planting day would involve more actual planting of hemp. By lunch, mm. you should consider yourself in very good shape if you're even sinking the first seeds into the ground. 
In mm. case it helps you remember that you're not alone, <clears throat> this diary of my group's three-acre 2018 planting of the Daisha Samurai cultivar in Oregon's Emerald Triangle reflects how planting day usually goes. 7.05 a.m., survey of field, yoga, return to child mind. The ideal date range for sowing hemp is a latitude factored on climate change issue. It'll vary from late March to mid-June, depending on your spring weather forecast and cultivar. In 2018, it was at the end of May for our field above the Rogue River. Mm. By this point, we've cultivated billions of microbial communities before the seed even hits soil, mostly by leaving it alone for 20 years. Not long after sunset, I set my coffee on the tree stump that marks our snack stockpile and tool dump near the gates of the field. After a few sun salutations, the whole thing looks so doable. I'm sure we'll have our 50 pounds of seed in the soil in no time, and I'll be tubing the river by mid-afternoon. Mm-hmm. I should know better. Mm-hmm. By 2018, I'm aware, as I wake in the farmhouse of my mentors and partners, Edgar and Margaret, up in the hills of southern Oregon's famous cannabis cultivation region that before noon will have basked in two dozen nerve-curdling delays. Mm. This is not my first hemp rodeo. Mm. I've chased goats, woodchucks, and one determined family of wild pigs out of hemp fields. After a baker's dozen plantings, I've learned that the only certainty will be joys and hassles we can't dream up. For instance, the Pacific Northwest version of the Ho-Hum Anthropocene Epic's annual millennial wildfires won't start for a few weeks in Oregon, and they will last for more than five weeks. But as always, I am willfully forgetting the coming realities of planting day. Spring has sprung, so right off the bat, I'd probably be happy in the DMV. Being outside sets up a struggle between logic and endorphins, between deadlines and love, where the right brain wins every time. As you stretch, you're smelling forsythia and raspberry blossoms, working in the dirt, your office has no walls, courting hawks land in nearby limbs, nothing else exists. For those unused to the feeling I'm describing, it's called sanity. From a practical perspective, this child mind is what makes you forget last season's planting nightmares. It's probably some chemical wafting out of healthy soil that casts an indisputable spell of forgetting. This is really the essential component of childhood. You don't know or don't care what's coming next. It's not only last year's seed drill delays that you forget. Your product's bottle caps don't quite fit the bottles. Your state's regulators are sticking with the absurd field out of view from road requirements for another season. Whatever. That was yesterday. Today is planting day. The ultimate now. 7.19 a.m. Return to barn for first human error caused tractor breakdown. The wise farmer approaches planting day very much the way a pro ball player approaches spring training. It's intended to get the cobwebs out. But Major League Baseball is smart enough to have 37 days of practice games. We farmers have to wake up, get dressed, and immediately pour lubricants into the wrong reservoir and tractors. Terrible sounds and smells alert the group to the problem. 
in 2018, our perpetrator, not mentioning names, he's just playing an assigned role, avoids eye contact by checking irrelevant tanks with a dipstick. Then the tractor expires into a profound quiet. Uh-oh. Our planting day stops before it starts. Ooh. This, of course, happens when the temperature is still frosty, and the last thing anyone wants to be doing is unscrewing metal plugs. The next 27 minutes are spent draining one disgusting fluid, pouring in a second, and remembering that we meant to run to town yesterday to pick up a third. Uh. 7.46 a.m., talking big. This important phase of planting day commences when, already three-quarters of an hour behind schedule and clustered around the stalled tractor and seed drill, your whole team is now on site. Just seeing a bag of hemp seed unleashes passion. The infectious excitement about the season opening in front of you all results in conversation that goes something like this. We can probably do 250,000 units, your partner gushes, pouring a bit of test seed into the seed drill reservoir from a 25-pound bag balanced precariously on his shoulder. These babies look like they're ready for it. Before you can decipher that remark, the tractor fluid situation gets straightened out and the engine turns over, leading to a group cheer. The ice is broken. The aged diesel motor is loud. You shout louder. The hawks scatter. You and your team continue crunching numbers, visualizing the killing the enterprise is going to make when the superlative crop finds itself on shelves. Going to be a great season, you agree, ignoring the fact that implementing your colleague's 250,000-unit suggestion would mean 25 times the storage you have dialed in for the flower harvest alone. As the seed drill is attached to the tractor in a sort of awkward Iwo Jima recreation, you spend some moments wondering if they award prizes for most righteous farmer of the year. Before getting a seed in the ground, you tend to put the cart before the oxen. In the business cycle, planting time represents what you might call the R&D retreat or the spitballing phase. Some good ideas do come from these field meetings, but really what unfolds represents the primate love of daydreaming. It's pleasant to visualize that lying on the beach with an umbrella drink moment that provides the final scene in 73% of movies produced in the 1980s. Everything is ahead of you. 7.51 a.m., tractor moves. Leading a parade of choking farmers and dogs, The farm conveyance crawls 200 yards to the field, churning roughly Butan's annual petroleum output. This is one reason my product labels boast of a petroleum-free harvest. The planting, usually but not always, has been a different story. 8.04 a.m., first seed drill malfunction. There comes a moment on planting day when the final distractions fade. You feel an all-systems-go sensation. You've built soil, acquired your genetics, and prepped your field. Your seed is germinated at 95% in the 100-seed paper towel test you conducted as soon as you brought it home six weeks earlier, something that seemed wildly improbable half an hour ago. There you plan to make your first pass, which is farmer-speak, 
for the bundle of rows you plan each time your tractor does a lap. Something clicks. The whole crew feels it. An internal timer signals that you've daydreamed long enough. Between fast-moving, foggy hints of rain and skin-singing teasers of how hot the day may get, everyone shoots one another an effervescent thumbs-up or shaka. Let's get to work. This, according to the Universal Calendar of Hemp, is when the seed drill fails. As the walls of our bubble of forgetting explode around us again on May 28th, Edgar and I shoot each other a glance that says, Oh, right. This is my fourth year of planting delays. His 62nd. We know our day has changed. We will have to spend many gory hours resolving this kind of snafu. The seed drill, also known as a grain drill, is a device invented to punish us for something, maybe for staying still and farming at all, rather than wandering around semi-nomadically after caribou, wildebeest, and bison, the way we're hardwired to do. It's a non-motorized machine hitched to the back of a tractor or oxen team, basically a storage container with carefully calculated leaks that drop seeds down in a series of shoots from the bin to the ground as often and as deeply as you calibrate it to do. Theoretically. Like the tractor itself, it's supposed to make agricultural endeavors easier by improving on the time it would take actual human beings to plant seeds. Instead, working with a seed drill is easily the most maddening element of planting season. Not the only maddening element, just the most reliably maddening. More practically, seed drill maintenance delays ensure that agriculture remains about as efficient as it was on the first planting day along the Euphrates. We appear to be trapped in a constant here, which I call Fine's Law of Abandoning Traditional Economic Rituals, or FLOATER. This constant establishes that in mechanized agriculture, defined as farming that employs machines rather than hands, hand tools, or livestock, a mission-critical problem with a poorly designed, factory-made piece of crap will occur exactly once per pass during the first morning of a given year's planting season. It can vary, but early in the day when everyone and everything is rusty, the time it takes to plant a pass plus deal with the malfunctions leading up to it usually totals around an hour and a half. We have about 60 passes in front of us this day. For a long while, all the hawks can see are eight booted feet protruding midfield from under a tractor and its seed drill attachment. All they can hear is the occasional expletive when yet another socket wrench attachment proves to be just the wrong size. Despite the delay, spirits are high in the long-angled morning light. That's because the mood in the field is that of a home birth. We are hemp midwives and loving it. If you speak to most midwives, they'll tell you it's a pretty joyful occupation, a perpetual birthday party. In our bodies as we plant any crop, oxytocin is exchanged as in any parent-child relationship. Plus, as a farming group, enough of us know that the pace tends to pick up in the afternoon. Even during the worst moments of floater despair, it helps to keep in mind that the hemp will get planted. It'll just take 10 times longer than you've budgeted. I haven't yet heard anyone say, 
dang, planting day was just too much of a pain in the ass. I decided not to go through with it. I have indeed heard such a sentiment following harvest quagmires, but not a planting. The brain is a remarkably flexible chemistry lab. It can secrete at electromagnetic speed any emotion for which the situation calls. The sequence of planting day emotions is bliss, frustration, elation, repeat. Unless you really do plant a small acreage crop by hand, though, not a bad idea. Just don't imagine for a second that you're immune from the floater constant. In our case, at 8.04 a.m., what we notice before a single seed is dropped, before we have even calibrated the rate of planting on the device, is that the seeds aren't dropping at all. Something is clogged. During the brief period when a seed drill is operational, the hopper at the top of the machine, filled with thousands of seeds, drops exactly one, yeah right, down each opening in a line of such inch-wide openings that extend across the bottom of the hopper. Each opening has a roughly seed-sized exit that is connected to one of those long chutes. The chutes feed a drive wheel where the seed emerges near the ground, and each opening plants one row. That's why a seed drill is supposed to be faster than hand planting. Mm. It plants multiple rows simultaneously. This drive wheel is what you'll calibrate to plant seed plants multiple rows simultaneously. This drive wheel is what you'll calibrate to plant seed at your desired spacing. All right, folks. And with that, we're going to end with uh, a song from one of my all-time favorite movies I bought the theme. It's Troop Zero, if you haven't seen it, watch it. Um, Flycatch, you, you joined and left the conversation. Sorry about that. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for flying away. Um, thanks for tuning in with us, everybody. We love having you here on Weed Say Wednesday. And um, just be good to each other out there. It's, it's rough. It's hard times. And we need to be good to each other. So be smart. Be safe. Educate. Educate, educate, educate. Read that initiative. Be nice to each other. Stay duty free. Happy Weed Day Wednesday, everybody.